And we are back with for another episode of the World of Sports podcast and radio show. I'm Zach Rubenstein, joined by Dylan Backus and Larry Lindblom. If I can get Dylan in. Uh, Dylan's in the corner. There we go. Larry, pick a side. Um, I'll I'll light light up this side of the screen for you. So, uh, (laughs) it's been a couple weeks since we were off, but now we're back. Uh, We're going to do this show a little bit differently than we have done it in the past. Um, The first, we're going to kind of do it in two segments. The first segment is going to be what you're going to view here on Facebook. The second segment is going to come up later this afternoon, and it's only going to be available on our Anchor page. Link is in is in the description of the video. Um, so go ahead, check it out. Um, go ahead and... Uh, yeah, go ahead and, and check that page out. Give us a listen. Um, we would really appreciate it, and we, we'd like to start getting some content out there. Um, and hopefully you can listen there as well. Um, so... Without further ado, uh, this has been kind of a crazy. This this entire weekend is kind of a crazy weekend in sports. So we're not going to cover the going forward part. We're kind of going to cover what's happened. Um, currently, this weekend, the NBA final, NBA playoffs start on Saturday. The Masters is already underway, and the and the Stanley Cup playoffs have already begun. And there's already been some noise in that. We're not going to cover that today. We may come back and get there a little later. So, uh, we're going to, I guess, start in the NBA, and because we are a Suns Forward podcast, um, we do have some news to talk about, at least on the Suns front. Um, So, the Suns have officially named James Jones their GM. They originally had him as the uh, acting GM, the interim GM. Interim GM. What what is your... I have my reaction and my thoughts. I've heard what other people have said. Well, what would, what, what, what have you like to begin with? Well, this? I think it's you should talk about the other signing they made because that's mutually exclusive. Okay, so the other thing the Suns did was they hired a man named Jeff Bauer, who was the president, who is now being named as the president. He's a former GM, and the idea is that he and James Jones will work together. Because how I see it is, the thing with James Jones was people said they wanted to play for him. He was a great guy. And he's got a lot of young knowledge into the NBA, but he's inexperienced. That was one of the kind of critiques about James Jones. They go and sign this guy as the president who has a ton of experience. And that's why I actually really like it. Um, I've heard a little bit of some problems with Jeff Bauer, as I don't think he did very good for the Pistons. So Jeff Bauer, a little history on him. He was the, originally, he was the GM of the, uh, at the time, Oklahoma City Hornets. Um, and then later the Charlotte or the, later the New Orleans Hornets, um, and then left in 2009. So we started about 2005, um, became the GM, and within a couple of years had them in the playoffs, had a brief run as a coach in 2009 for them, and then left, went to the Pistons recently when they hired Jeff, uh, when they hired Stan Van Gundy, was the GM on a team where Stan Van Gundy was the president was the president of basketball operations and, and the coach, um, and now he's here. Yeah, so I think he just has a ton of experience. I think this is still going to be more of James Jones' um, run, but I think that it's going to be a lot Jeff Bauer, like a lot. And I think that's a good thing. You get a guy who's got a lot of young knowledge and a a GM that people want to play for mixed in with a guy who, yes, has made some 
a couple debatable decisions, but has also made some really good decisions, and he has more experience than most guys who would come in as a president like he would. So I actually really like what the Suns have done. It'll be interesting, but I think that James Jones was the move, and pairing him with someone super experienced was a great combo. So, Larry? My problem is more with the, the way we did the search for our GM. We didn't go after uh, the assistants under guys like Danny Ainge or Daryl Morey. We went for guys that have already held the position. I would have liked to have seen us go after an assistant GM for someone that has been at the forefront of pushing this new uh, analytical way of viewing the NBA. So, um, so I, I guess if that... <coughs> You don't you don't think James Jones can fulfill that role as a guy who essentially has played in the modern NBA just a couple of years ago? James Jones is more of a player personnel kind of guy in terms of he can talk to players, he can relate to players, but from a GM perspective, I don't see really how that benefits you a whole lot when your job is not to be buddy-buddy with the players, it's to build a team that can win, and a lot of times that includes being the bad guy in certain situations. So that's why I kind of like the Jeff Bauer part of it, though. I do agree with the analytics part. I think analytics is going to take over all sports, especially basketball. But that's kind of something that all teams just try to, you know, find. They, they just sign the assistant GM of one of those guys and just hope that firing nights, and usually it doesn't. So even though I do agree that I would like this to be a little bit more analytically driven, I'm sure that they could find a, a good analytics team which is what a lot of teams are doing right now, you don't need an assistant GM for someone like Danny Ainge just to be thrown in there and hope it sticks. So that's why, as much as I do agree, I think that James Jones has, you know, the ability to be a good GM, but I think that Jeff Bauer will make sure that he does be the bad guy at times. Okay, so I'm going to go in a little bit different direction. I don't think you guys are wrong. I, I think there is some truth to it. I also, I, the Suns have done this for a reason, and I, I think I'd like to highlight it because I actually agree. The main reason the Suns, I think, did this is because they wanted to keep James Jones around in the organization. He is recently, he's a recently just a player. You mentioned that guys have, have publicly said they would want to play for him and they would want to enjoy playing for him. And the Suns believe that if they let him go and they took on somebody else, that they he may not be able to come back or he wouldn't come back or some version of those that mix. So I think that a lot of this has to do with the fact that if he walks, he's gone, and the Suns believe he will be a good GM. Now, I like the hire. I think there's a, I think one of the issues in, in the NBA at times has been relatability problems and, and an understanding of the player. We saw, I think we saw that in the Spurs with Kawhi Leonard. There was a lack of understanding from the organization of Kawhi Leonard's problems. So I think of the fact that James Jones understands the issues and, and can better tune the team to get there is good. And then Jeff Bauer is not the GM for a reason. He's there to help tighten the screws, maybe make James Jones think through a couple of his trade ideas, yeah. maybe, maybe it helps tune a piece or two of the trades. So, so yeah. Well, the, the problem with that, though, is you're fast-tracking him and fast-tracking GMs and executives and coaches doesn't really work ever. Like you want, I want a guy that's had to grind it out for 15, 20 years to get to this point where it's, he understands everything going on. 
Like, you look at it with Luke Walton as the Lakers coach. He was the assistant for the Warriors for two years, and he got handed the Laker job. No, I and, and you look at the other end of the spectrum, Nick Nurse for Toronto has come in and done a great job this season, and he's been grinding it out in D-League, your crappy European leagues, uh, back in the D-League. Then he became an assistant for Toronto, I believe, in 2011. He's been an assistant there since then, and then he now just got his job as the head coach there. Nope, nope, I'd rather have a guy that's had to slog it out and has like has been able to push through adversity. James Jones hasn't had any but that's adversity why they have Jeff so far. That's why they have no, Jeff no, Bauer. But, but see, that's my point. I completely agree. But how is so- you just said you wanted an assistant under someone like Danny Ainge, this new analytic age. That's going to be the same difference. You're going to get it. Mm, nowadays, no, 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 nowadays, teams are so wanting to get that next analytic guy that they're hiring guys early. There's no way that you're going to find an assistant GM for someone like a Danny Ainge team that has been there for that many years. They're going to get signed by someone else. I, I can't pull up examples, so maybe I'm a little bit off, but I'm telling you that every that they fast-track these type of guys. Now, I do agree that it is a little bit of a worry because they fast-track James Jones more than they would fast-track a guy who's sitting below someone like Danny Ainge. So it is a bit of a worry from an adversity standpoint, and so it's not ideal, but I don't think it's far from ideal either. So the other thing that I think – I actually agree, and I have more of a question – the Suns fired uh, Ryan McDonough, who was supposed to be this guy for James Jones. So I guess this just draw to me me makes more questions appear about why why would you fire McDonough if you want James Jones for the job well, and you're ultimately giving him. Well, the they job. clearly just didn't like McDonough. They clearly thought that he wasn't the guy. He was there for a while. He was he there was, for the, years. The problem with McDonough though is every time he wanted to do something, Sarver put his thumb on him. And you couldn't do what he wanted and to so do. And so you think Sarver is going to back off now that James no, Jones is No, I don't think Sarver is going to back off. Sarver's shown throughout his entire tenure as owner that he thinks he's a basketball mind when he clearly isn't. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. It, it is kind of hard. It's definitely a it's disability kind of the, thing for the Suns with, with having Sarver put his thumb on everything. The, the fish rots from the head down, as the old saying goes. It's the same problem the Knicks have. The Knicks front office now looks like... They've got good guys in place. They've got a good coach in place. But they still have the worst owner in basketball, which is still a huge hindrance. Um, Do you think that – so James Jones played for the Suns, played for Robert Sarver. You don't think that helps gain a little trust maybe even let him go out on his own and make a couple of moves? I mean, he has has James Jones, who he trusts from his playing days, obviously – and you have a guy in Jeff Bauer who has who has established himself as a G, as a GM of now two. If you want to give him the Pistons playoff credits, yeah. two playoff teams. No, so you're looking at it wrong though. It's not that he doesn't trust these guys, and he, he I'm sure he, he's going to trust James Jones a little bit more because of that. But it's not it's not like he's doing this because he thinks he's like the only one who could do this. It's also from a fun standpoint. I mean, if I was an owner of a team, I'm not going to lie, I would want to be as involved as I can. That, so it's not like he's just going to give up involvement just because he, he has a little yeah, bit of trust in Yeah, I don't, I don't like that fun thing. You're, yeah. you're here to, make a, to, to no, try to make agree. a winning team and make money, and, and this is a business. No, this is not agree. fun. I completely agree. That's beside the point. The point is, at the end of the day, he, he's enjoying his role. He's not just going to back off just because he had James Jones play for him and he understands that he knows what he's doing. He's still gonna, Now, maybe he'll trust him a tad more. That's fair, but it won't be enough. 
the the big disconnect in the Suns front office was a kind of a structural thing because you had the coaches and the players on the first floor of the facilities, but then you had management up at the I think they were at the fourth floor of the facilities. There's a huge disconnect between the two areas, so communication was never really there. My problem with hiring James Jones is what was his first move as interim GM? He let Tyson Chandler walk for nothing when you could have gotten a second-round pick for him. You could have gotten something for Tyson Chandler. I mean, Chandler a second-round pick is not much. Yeah, yeah, it's still cool. some compensation. Letting him go for nothing, it doesn't, doesn't do you yeah. any good. He would have, we would have been better off keeping him here and helping develop Aiton defensively. No, but Rather see, than letting him walk for nothing to the Lakers. Here's my only argument with that. You started this argument by saying that your pro, James Jones was someone who relates to the players well, but that didn't really matter that much at GM. But my argument is, even though I'm, I don't disagree with you about Tyson Chandler at all, your argument is you're showing he's being the bad guy on the last the last example that you just showed. No, that's not being the bad guy. He Tyson Chandler didn't want to be here anymore. He gave yeah. Tyson what he wanted. Fair. Fair, okay, fair. Bad example. Well, does that not show? Wait, does that not show players in the future I'm willing to work with you? Tyson Chandler essentially gave three, four years of service to this team. He tried having guys grow under him. Marquise Chris, notably Dragon Bender, that didn't seem to work. Finally, James Jones said, "You know, I'm not, I'm not going to keep you in a place that's not good for you and not good for this team because that would bring down the team. And so I'm going to let you go. That's, if anything, could be a sign of player. Uh, And you just said you you cited a communication error. But that's what we want to fix with James Jones. James Jones won't have a communication error. As much as you, as much as I do agree with a lot of things you said, and at the end of the day, all that really matters is if he's a good GM, and that's up for debate. But I'm not worried about a communication error with James Jones as a GM. James Jones has done a good job in terms of communication. Uh, There's been reports coming out of, I believe it was KTAR in Phoenix that when he was appointed as the co-interim GM, he was the guy down at the practice floor every day talking with the guys, seeing how they were doing, talking with coaching staff, stuff like that. I'm not concerned with the communication with him. I'm concerned with his decision-making and his ties to other players because part of the other problem was I feel he has loyalties lying elsewhere too. Those are, that's fair. Where do you think his loyalties lie? Well, the Tyson Chandler thing was like, okay, you let him go. What did what did the Lakers need another one of? A, a rim protector. So they were going around looking for rim protectors. He kind of a wink, wink, nudge, nudge with his buddy LeBron. Like, hey, we're going to release Yeah, okay, him. so that's been, that's oh, been going that, on that, for a while. Okay. That's been going on for a while. It's been James Jones isn't loyal to the Suns. He's loyal to LeBron. He stuck with him in Miami. He stuck with him in Cleveland. He's loyal to LeBron. That's who he cares about. Tyson Chandler was just the first step of giving LeBron James what he wants. That's a huge. I think that's I don't believe that's true at all. I'm not. That's a I'm not saying. I'm not saying he's more loyal to LeBron than the Suns. The Suns. I'm saying there's a conflict of interest there because he's kind of he, when you're buddy buddy with current players, it it impedes your decision making abilities because you feel you feel a certain amount of. Loyalty towards the individual, not necessarily to yourself. Oh, that's pretty Okay, so uh, we have one more thing we want to talk about before we get there. Um, this is courtesy of ESPN. The NBA will hold a random drawing tomorrow to determine who gets the uh, second and third spots in the draft lottery. The Suns and the Cavaliers both finished with the same records, and so they will both be participating in this random drawing. This only matters because... While the both teams have the same odds for first play for the first pick, being second or third, the top three teams all have the same odds. 
the second team can only fall to pick number six, and the third team can fall to pick number seven. So, worst case scenario, one of these teams might be able to stop their fall. Um, I there's there's this is more just a news point. I, as a Suns fan, I'm always nervous about the draft lottery. I think they've had some bad luck over the years. Well, I mean, we lost the coin flip. I mean, yeah, beginning Kareem. beginning in the in like 1969, the Suns lost a coin flip to get Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. At the time, he was Lou Alcindor still. Um, so you know that doesn't make me happy. Um, staying in the front office game, the NBA world was shocked two nights ago when, as as a press conference, a pregame press conference for somebody else was finishing up, Magic Johnson decided to stand in front of the media and announce his resignation to the entire world, including the Lakers organization. He didn't tell anyone in the Lakers' top brass. So... Uh, I, I would like to get your reaction, guys, because you both have one. Um, Larry, you want to start with this? Well, this was very impromptu because I believe they were doing the, the press conference. It was their pregame press conference, and it was – you kind of had the somber mood in there because it was could have been – or, well, was going to be Luke Walton's last pregame presser. So everyone was kind of – the mood was kind of – Somber, it was a little like joking here and there, like ha ha, it's like my last one, blah blah blah. And then Magic was kind of sitting back, hanging around, waiting, should I go on now? And then as Luke left, Magic walked up. Apparently, they were taking down a lot of the people, uh, a lot of the the ESPN reporters at least worked with Magic Johnson, so they were talking to him, hanging out. Um, A lot of the cameramen were taking down their cameras and their tripods. Uh, they all expected the game to just start, and then Magic Johnson said, hold on, I want everyone to put their stuff back up. I'm going to speak, and then spoke. And so I think he took a lot of people by surprise. Well, you can tell this was a very impromptu thing. Like, this was a decision he didn't, he made kind of on the spot. He'd been contemplating it for a while now, clearly. But this is where he, he decided, okay, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. I'm going to step down now. So his reasoning for stepping down for stepping down publicly, we've not really gotten a good reason for why he actually stepped down, but his reason for stepping down, at least the way he did it, was because he was worried that if he got into a room with Jeannie Buss, the owner, that he wouldn't actually be able to leave, that he would instead be forced to feel like he should stay. And that didn't necessarily make him happy to have to do that. So he decided to just leave on his own. Well, that's kind of the kind of the problem there is the the way the bus family runs it is they they run it as this is this is a family business. So Jeannie's got it that oh, Magic's part of my family, Luke's part of my family, Palenka, Kobe are part of this family. So she doesn't want to have to make those decisions. But she has made those when she fired her brother, uh, I believe that was two, three years ago. Two years ago. Two years ago, she fired her brother. She's made those decisions in the past, but here it feels like this was kind of a soft moment when she she was completely blindsided by this. Do you blame her? I mean, do you, or do yeah. you blame him? Do you really think that he messed up that badly? And No, he, he, he should not have done it that way. There's no doubt. I, I understand that he, uh, he felt like he would have been kind of guilted in the staying, but you got to be a stronger man than that. If you really don't want to be there, you deserve it. Deserve 
the at least the, the owner deserves the respect to be able to hear it from you first, not to just hear you just randomly say it at a press conference. I think that's so unprofessional, and it, it's a little disappointing, if anything. So I, I think it's just ridiculous, even though I'm not a Lakers fan. It's kind of funny to see, not going to lie. I think it's so unprofessional. So uh, Larry mentioned this a second ago. It was supposed to be Luke Walton's last game. Uh, the the intention was that they were going to fire him the next day, yesterday, that he should have, be, essentially that was supposed to be it. Now we're left at a point where I don't know that anyone in the Lakers organization knows exactly well, what's going to happen. Luke is still definitely gone. Jeannie gave Magic permission, I believe it was a day or two days before their last game, to fire Luke. He could have fired Luke and then left, but he decided against that. Which, which was a smart decision on yeah. his part. Yeah, that's smart. But Luke, I feel, is still out the door. They've, I think they were two games better than they were last year. Even with all the injuries, Luke hasn't shown that he's capable of leading an NBA franchise. Well, he just hasn't. He doesn't have the experience yet. Well, here also how I see it is that um, I think that <coughs> they want their new GM to be able to pick their coach. I think that's going to make well, the that's GM. That's not their new GM. Plink is still in place. Well, oh, the new so, okay, so the basketball the, operator. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that, you know that makes that, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. a good point. That was a good but point. So but so that makes it complicated. So do you is Plink do do you not you don't need a president of basketball operations. You could make your GM have that job. Well, the, the, well, the, the, the problem there is, is that, the problem there is twofold. Uh, other GMs do not like Plink after cuz he was an agent and as that side of the business kind of is, it's pretty cutthroat. So he's made a lot of enemies on that side because he's stolen players from other agents. He's had players stolen from him. So that kind of, it's like, you can see why there's some animosity towards him from other GMs and stuff like that. The other part there is, reportedly, Magic wanted to get rid of Palinka and Walton. And Jeannie put her foot down there and said, no, I, I want to keep Rob around. Because... There's, there's talk. Should that have couple... been the reason that he left? We're talking well, about yeah, the, well, the rumor is he's going to get way more power now. Yeah. That was the original rumor. Now, you can't really believe those because obviously uh, their owner doesn't, hasn't really decided what she wants to do. She couldn't have. That was such a shock move. But So that's why I don't really fully believe the rumor, but that's what the rumor said. The rumor said that, that he's going to get more power now and they're going to keep yeah, him. Because there was, there was talk around the Lakers organization that had come out in the last couple of weeks that – well, because Magic wasn't known for being around the Lakers organization. And Rob would jokingly go, uh, at, come into work and ask, where's Magic? Where's Magic? Knowing he wasn't there. And Magic got word of this, and he wasn't very fond of this. Because he has, obviously, he has other things to do. Because he's a, I think he's worth quarter of a yeah. billion dollars. Yeah, so, I don't think it was the worst thing so, than losing Magic. So how should how should the players feel if you're a Laker? I mean, how do you feel when I you when feel you very don't? Good. I mean, do you you don't even know your future in a lot well, of cases with pretty much everyone. I mean, yeah. almost everyone has been put on the trading block at one time or another this season. Well, I just feel like I feel like it's it's not a good look, and so the players are definitely feeling that because of once again it was so out of nowhere. I mean, if, if Magic would have had a private meeting with the owner and it would, he would have come out of that hour-long meeting and then announced that he was leaving, I don't think it would have made a huge impact on the players. It would have just been a little disappointing. But since it was such a shock, I mean, if, as a player, you got to think that there's a little bit of, uh, of uh, what's the word, of um, disorganization, I guess is 
the word I can think of. Like, it's so ridiculous how this is a last-minute decision, and now they have to scramble. It's not a good look for the organization at all. Uh, I guess you don't have any thoughts on this one other than... Well, the the of the of after the, the players did their exit interviews, there were three... Well, LeBron didn't really hold his. They kind of kept a distance from reporters for him. But the two guys that spoke that showed poise during this were the two guys that... Two young guys the Lakers had that had actually spent time in college with Josh Hart and Kuzma. Both of them were very poised in what they said. The other guys, everyone else looked shocked. The veteran guys aren't really going to say much because they were all on one-year deals anyway. And everyone else is on their rookie deals, so no one here really has a whole lot of... And they've been put on the trade block. So they don't have a lot of vested interest right now in what's happening because their futures are all up in the air. All right, so we will have to see about the Lakers. Um, should be some interesting stuff to talk about. Quickly before we uh, end this topic, end this segment, um, and for the Facebook viewers and the show, um, who do you think wins the East? The, the NBA Finals start Saturday. The West Conference, the Western Conference is pretty much going to be Golden State. So let's go around and give our picks quickly. Dylan? Okay, well, I know you guys are going to pick some basic ones. Um, I don't think, this isn't my number one pick, but my bold prediction is I got Boston, and I'll tell you why. Boston, you talk about adversity. Boston showed that they were a talented team last year, and they didn't really lose anyone. They actually only got better from last year, and they've dealt with a lot of adversity this year. Now, they play the Pacers, which is a solid team, but not a great team. I think if they could go out, get out of the first round, they can gain the confidence to play as well as they were last year, so there's a chance. But if I had to, like, put money on it, I kind of really like the Bucks, even though they lack experience. Uh, Giannis is just so unstoppable. I mean, like, <laughs> it's hard It's hard to play against that. All right, Larry? Well, despite their injuries, my pick is Milwaukee. You want to talk about getting better. Milwaukee, the low-key best uh, move of the offseason was Milwaukee's hiring of Mike Budenholzer. Stroke of genius by their front office. They got the best coach to go with Giannis. They've built a system around him. They surrounded him with shooters, defenders. They have, despite the injuries to Brogdon, and I believe Miritich is still out, I, they have the best chance of going far in the Eastern Conference. All right, I'm going to finish it with the team that started off the favorite and, to me, might still be the favorite. That is the Toronto Raptors. Um, you want to talk about a team that definitely has the good players left in them? Uh, you, we should be mentioning that the best player for the Toronto Raptors may be a top-five player in the game at the moment in Kawhi Leonard. They still have an all-star point guard in Kyle Lowry. They have one of the best up-and-coming players in Pascal Siakam. They added Marc Gasol only to make their team better, and that's not even t- touching their bench. So if there is anyone that is going to get out of this East and might actually do a thing or two... And, and I think that will be nearly unstoppable in the East. It'll be Toronto because I don't think anyone can really totally match them. Uh, um, the the interesting the interesting team that we've all left out here is the team that has by far the most talented starting five in the Eastern Conference. Philadelphia. Philadelphia. The, I don't think they lack anyone after the starting five. I think they don't have the, the players after the starting the, five. The only problem I can see with Philadelphia is shooting off the bench. Other than that, I think they can rotate their players in and out, so they'll always have two of those guys on the court. 
All right. So we will see. Thank you for joining us on Facebook. If you would like to watch the second half of this, our part two, um, our next segment, the please click the link on the Facebook post. And if not, we will see you back next week here on the World of Sports podcast and radio show.